Welcome to the Full 90 Extra Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, fan outrage, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty, MLS. We're your hosts. I'm from Mornings on 107.7 The End. I'm Gregor. Thanks to everyone who's joined this podcast ever since I started talking about it nonstop on the radio. (laughs) He's been in the locker room and on the side of the pitch making dad face. He's Brandon from the internet. Hey. Hey. Hey, guy. Hey. Uh, let's see. Do us a quick solid. Click on through to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. Uh, definitely five stars. Hi, mom. <laughs> but primarily, leave us a comment. We just want to know your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player. Yeah, leave a comment like uh, this person who I won't name them because it'll ruin our joke. <laughs> but they gave us definitely four stars. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> and, Damn it, uh, Brandon's mom. And. <laughs> Oh, man, I bet you my mom did give me four stars. I'm really proud of this review. Do you mind if I read it? Yeah, go for it. I love this pod, but any episode that Sumo has brought up is one where I want to turn the volume all the way up. I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'm pretty sure that 99 point... Uh, I'll do my best. 99999999999% of listeners want only Sumo. Also, Christian Tiffert rules. <laughs> I well, it's ag- cool that it's cool that they come for the sumo and still told us who their favorite player was. Yes, come for the sumo, stay for the pod. I like, I love it. I really, I really appreciate you more sumo for taking the time to come here and do that. This week, the altitude sickness Sounders FC take on the who even f-ing cares New York Red Bulls and the battle for a race to second place or seventh or whatever <laughs> or anywhere in between at this point. Oh my god, dude, I'm so it's it's becoming tiring listening to me complain about this. I'm sure. Uh, Seattle Sounders FC lost big time on the road over the weekend. On a weekend they were supposed to have off while a majority of their team was off doing more awesome things like playing for their national teams and losing there. (laughs) Boy. uh, Colorado, the Mexico of MLS. (laughs) (laughs) Seattle Sounders FC looked like a high school team plus a Ladero playing against like a middling USL squad. It was some of the lowest quality soccer that I've seen played all season, which is congratulations like you ever see one of those three pros versus 100 kids games yeah it sort of felt like that with like ladero out there and then like 21 other dudes playing i think it was like uh dad and his adult men's league uh a bunch of the guys couldn't come that day because they were all watching nfl or something and so like dad had to recruit his junior high son and all of his friends to come play with him and that was Ladero and the rest of the Sounders on the weekend. This is like when I played adult league soccer and like around the holidays, you wouldn't have enough people. So the guy who refed the previous game would just come out and play and, <laughs> and then yell at me for being bad and me being like, I didn't claim to be good at this. I don't know. <laughs> I took uh, my kid Space Baby, uh, big, uh, big appearance last week. Thanks for all the positive feedback on that. I took him to his first ever Little Thumpers, which is the Little Kickers Arena Sports soccer match. And I was like, this pretty equal quality it looks i mean he made a couple goals without knowing what he was doing that's more than what i can say seattle was able what's to. what's that yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that's a microphone that's the goal yeah garbage microphone dad <laughs> i man the the downside of this is that if they would have been playing here it would have been canceled <laughs> We could have only hoped. You know, now it makes sense that they canceled it so early on in the season they canceled that match because they knew what kind of garbage we were going to be watching had they played it. (laughs) Uh, You couldn't switch to the Huskies game because of the electrical storm outside. So 
I, I, don't know. I mean, there was no respite. It was it was terrible uh, soccer. The Sounders um, didn't concede for like 35 minutes, and that was probably uh, good enough for a win. In <laughs> I mean, it was better, honestly, than I expected. Uh, but you know, as soon as Colorado rolled out uh, the blonde bleached mustache slash hair slash forgot the eyebrows slash maybe the butthole uh, Shinyashiki. <laughs> what? <laughs> I I. Uh, I was a little. I, I thought that maybe the Sounders would have a chance because you don't play a guy like that and expect to win. But you know, he goes and scores two on us, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, he looks like a budget Orlando Bloom. Uh, I know you said scored two on us, and usually I'd be like, "Well, we didn't actually play," but like we might as well have. <laughs> that could have been literally you and me, and maybe Tropic Sound, or like you know, like what, whatever. Um, it it could have been S eight the Ocho. <laughs> The Sounders needed a burst of that Seattle Lightning to put some spark into that performance. So slow, dude. It was so slow. It was more shart than spark on that field. So, up, <laughs> <Except> Bartlett. <laughs> Poops to you, dog. Um, yeah, I guess the thing that really sent it home for me, though, is that before you get too mad on the internet and leave some dumb comment or whatever, remember that the Sounders FC Instagram showing a 2-0 loss featured a kid from Hawaii that I had never heard of before that day. So, like, <laughs> they could have literally been playing any the first person they found with a neck tattoo, and, like, <laughs> I would have been like, oh, yeah, 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 he's a, a real good prospect. I wonder I wonder if you're, um, if, if we're looking at the neck tattoo index, and you find a 16-year-old from Hawaii with a neck tattoo, does that make them... I would imagine that like a 16-year-old with a neck tattoo is actually more badass than an adult with a neck tattoo. Wait, is that guy only 16? No, I think he's he's not 16 anymore. He's probably 19, which that's, is still very young. That, that is how that works. <laughs> Brandon's got a full grasp on the aging concept. Great job, buddy. Now, let me ask you a question, Brandon. Have you ever seen someone with a neck tattoo and even for a minute thought, that's all right, I think I'd do that? No, usually I'm like trying to walk away from them in Pioneer Square. <laughs> Well, there's like that a- sounds really heartless, and I have a lot of sympathy uh, and empathy for the homeless population in Seattle. I have a lot of thoughts about that, um, so that that joke you- is going to make me sound like an asshole. No, you could have uh, been talking about someone trying to rob you. Like I don't know, like it could be I anybody. Wasn't. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I'm just. I mean, to- I totally was. Go back and listen to it. I definitely was. I've deleted all of it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, I like. I've thought to myself, I, first of all, let's just establish, there's no way I'm pulling off a neck tattoo unless it's something, like, real stupid. Like, I can't, the Jesus thing's not going to work for me for a multitude of reasons. I can't get Lewis Hamilton's number tattooed behind my ear because I'm not Lewis Hamilton. I just, you could get that Stephen Fry logo, the artist formerly known as Stephen Fry. Perfect. It's settled. Now we finally found what a, a goofy white guy can get neck tattooed. Amazing. No, but for real, I saw somebody online that actually got that Stephen Fry logo tattooed on them. Hey, to each their own. That's a choice you got to make, and the jobs you don't get, ultimately, you'll have to accept <laughs> that. So, uh, while ultimately it's up to Sounders FC to win a game like this, just f- MLS, all right, for rescheduling during an international break. I mean, we didn't notice that this was going to happen at the time when they scheduled it. Neither of us talked about this on the pod, but like, it could end up having like a pretty significant effect on Seattle when the team did like nothing wrong to ca- to cause this rescheduling. Like you end up kind of being the play- like in the run to the playoffs, kind of the victim of Mother Nature when it's not like kind of a fair lot for a lot of the other teams. There was another makeup game or two, I know, but like it didn't. It doesn't e- create like a equal playing field in terms of a time that otherwise the league is off. 
No, it's it's and you have to think that there had to be some other way. I mean, Colorado Dick Sporting Dick's Sporting Good Parks. I don't know if they're sharing that with like high school football or something like that. <laughs> but you would imagine where like if 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 the game had gotten rained out or or snowed out or something happened in Seattle, you would imagine that like rescheduling a match that is shared for like concerts and Seahawks games and apparently um like Quidditch for Amazon and, and whatever it is that they do on that field and car shows. Yeah. You would imagine, okay, just reschedule it for whenever you can actually get on the field, yeah. let alone, you know, a, a, a day that is reasonable for everybody. It felt like I would imagine in Colorado in, in wherever city that's not actually Denver, Colorado, that they parks or what is it like park city, commerce city, commerce city. You would imagine that it wouldn't be that hard to schedule a game uh, to reschedule a game at a time where it actually made sense for either of those teams in Colorado, uh, by nature of being, didn't have to deal with the fact that nobody was available for their team. Like the Sounders did. I got a shout out to Tim Burns on Twitter. He's at Tim Burns, Denver, uh, on the radio the other day on Monday, wrap up from the weekend. Seahawks win Mariners lose 21 to one and Seattle Sounders FC. Let me get this right. The Sounders lost on the road at a mile high, is what I said on the radio, and he hit me up to be like, yo, dude, Rapids don't play at mile high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm well aware of the fact that the Rapids only have like 44 fans. Like, there's no (laughs) mile high stadium, which is a massive cathedral of like crazy bone-crunching football. This is, uh, he said, that's where the donkeys play. They play at Dick Sporting Goods Park, one of the first soccer-specific stadiums in the U.S. You should check it out with us next time the Sounders play away. At Green Mile High are great hosts. I went from being like, yeah, 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 you misheard me, or I mumbled like an idiot or something, to being like, I want to go to Green Mile to celebrate Sounders with Green Mile High on the road in Denver. That sounds, or Commerce City. That sounds awesome. So thanks, thanks Tim, for uh, for chiming in there and for the follow on Twitter. Yeah, sorry that you have to watch Colorado in Colorado. (laughs) I wonder if you, like... I can only imagine that the effort is 100% not worth it to like when you're bored on a weekend and you just want to see some soccer that like you would not drive to Commerce City to see the Rapids play as kind of like a secondary team just to like get some live soccer in your life. Just It seems like a total loss at every turn except for you get to see uh, what's his nuts and goal once in a while. Like that would be all right. Tim Howard. But, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Well, you might you might know a little bit. You might have a, a more of a feeling on this right now than I do. But my brother-in-law lives in Denver and I remember thinking like, oh, Denver. Denver, it's a it's a big city, but it's also not that big, so traffic can't be terrible. Terrible. Denver traffic was no joke, man, and I don't think that I would want to sit in any traffic anywhere around that city to go see the Rapids play. Yeah, the, there's a reason why people jokingly call them the Crapids, and it's the record <laughs> that they have. They're terrible, except for when they play Seattle, the Seattle Sea Team, or whatever it was. So that brings us to the most important player for Seattle. It's the O de Garbage Man of the Match. Your eau de garbage man of the match is, I guess, Stefan Fry? Oh, de garbage, when you want to smell like a team that plays like the liquid that pools at the bottom of a dumpster, have a spritz of eau de garbage. Ooh, I feel much slower. Also, my hamstring hurts. Official sponsor of MLS Scheduling. Doo-doo-doo. <laughs> Dude, there's nothing really positive. Like, the guy with the blonde mustache... <laughs> it's the guy that I want to give this to, and he plays on the wrong team and bleached his mustache. Like, I don't know what to say. There's not really a lot of bright points. I guess Leardom had a decent match, and Stefan Fry is a beast, so I'm, I agree with you there. 
right, who's hot? Who's hot? All right, who's hot? Who's garbage? And who's hot garbage? It sounds like, like somebody just got a big whiff of uh, garbage. <laughs> Whoa, hot garbage. Huh. <laughs> Now, now, Brandon, um, this is this is tough, like I said, but hot. I'm going to say Stefan Fry in that 85th minute save to keep the Sounders only two goals down. <laughs> and he was named to the uh, team of the week bench, for what it's worth. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you were almost one of the best players in the league last weekend. <laughs> Put it on SoundersFC.com. ABC, always be contenting. Hot. How about Will Bruin in a suit? So you kind of threw me for a curveball, Brandon. You tweeted something from the account, and I wasn't watching it in real time. I was like a half behind. And so you tweeted a Will Bruin joke. You tweeted, uh, Silva misses a look on goal in the 15th minute. A faint mumbling voice streams through your TV speakers. Will Bruin would have finished that. (laughs) Brandon, I died laughing at that. I was like, I couldn't wait till the 15th minute. And then I was like watching, and it like suddenly it was like the seventeenth minute. I was like, "Wait, did I miss my the thing I've been listening for?" So I went back and listened two more times, and I was like, "Maybe Brandon thinks the fifteenth minute is actually when it says 15 on there. I don't know. Maybe like so I listened to that, and then I went back to the fourteenth and the sixteenth. I listened a total of three times and didn't hear it, and I was like, "Oh, he tweeted that before the match." <laughs> I made you watch like an extra ten minutes of that <laughs> match. Yeah, it was it was uh, I was I was real frustrated in the moment, but also. Classic, classic, full 90 extra time podcast tweets there. Uh, it wasn't until like maybe the end of the match when Keith Costigan was trying to, um, I don't know, have a conversation with Will Bruin. And I noticed that they were wearing the Kick Childhood Cancer yellow ribbons that were, it's awesome. Yeah. Like the, the nets are yellow and they're wearing the, the pregame jerseys and everything. And then I noticed on Will Bruin's lapel that the, little pin was upside down and i was oh, like no. I childhood know. cancer is in distress <laughs> oh man that's a great reference I, as a guy who's into flag code nicely done <laughs> but it was um i was like what is what is he like is he trying to like give satan cancer or something <laughs> like i don't i mean these are all good things right like either satan gets cancer or childhood cancer is in distress which means people having childhood cancer are no. If it's in distress, rid of it. if it's in distress, it means we're kicking cancer's ass, right? Which yeah, is awesome. that's what I'm saying. So it's a good thing. So Will Bruin in a suit, hot. But then I saw <laughs> that and I was like, wait a second, is Will Bruin throwing subtle shade? Is he like pro cancer? Then I was like, wait a second, <laughs> no, no, no. He's got a six month old, and so he's trying to give Satan cancer. And I was yes. So uh, congratulations to Satan, you got cancer, dummy. I don't, I don't know. Sorry. Sub Satan. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a good reference. Anyway, moving on. How about Hot? Yes, he's like babysitting your kid over the weekend, but Shandon Hopow, or Hopiow, I don't know how you say his last name, debuted. I don't know who that is, but Hot. <laughs> he's the Hawaiian kid with the neck tattoo. Ah, yes, uh, the prospect I'm really uh, excited about. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, so, he, I mean, from, this is from the Sounders, but in about 30 minutes of action, uh, he was he was subbed in in like the 58th minute. So in just over 30 minutes of action, he, got, he won all three of his duels. He led the team with uh, five possession recoveries, um, which means he like arrested somebody who had drugs. And uh, he completed 84.6% of his 13 pass attempts. So instead of just saying the amount of passes that he completed out of 13, they decided to use the percentage, which means it sounds more impressive if you said he finished 84% of his passes. Uh, like, I'm still working that out right now. I'm like, so that's 11 of 13 or 10 of 13? And I don't actually know the answer to that. So, But why don't they just say that? <laughs> instead, I'm very confused. So, Or just say, like, they completed 84% of their passes 
is. You know why? Than- <laughs> Stats for nerds. <laughs> Stats for nerds. Moving on to garbage. Garbage. Um, Colorado fans being mad at Brian Schmetzer. Oh, okay. Are you mad about the win? Like, go on. So after the match, uh, Brian Schmetzer was, you know, giving his post-match interview and whatever. And um, the Burgundy Wave, uh, which is like the SB Nation. Isn't that what Bradley Noel from Sublime would always complain about when he was surfing? (laughs) The Burgundy Wave. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, whatever. Is it good? Good. uh, Good. Good poll there. Thank you. Uh, so they they tweeted saying Brian Schmetzer not giving the Rapids a credit for the win tonight, uh, and that's because Brian Schmetzer after the match said I don't think it was Colorado. Uh, he says I don't think what Colorado did was challenging. Robin, their head coach, did a good job. He's certainly a young coach and new to his team. We knew his guys were going to come and uh, be energetic to play. Um, the struggles were from our side. I don't think we played up to our potential. Now what he's basically saying is Colorado played well. We also struggled. Also, we're missing literally 50 people off of our lineup, so obviously it's going to be bad. And so everybody in the comments and in the replies to that tweet were like, oh, Brian Schmetzer, that's not classy. Like, how are you going to say that Colorado didn't deserve that win, blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's not at all what he's saying. He said, I don't think that the Sounders, who are playing with literally five children, played up to their potential. I don't think you got either of those literallys correct, but right (laughs) right on. Moving on to hot garbage, literally everything else. I think I got that right. Yeah, I think you got literally right on that. Like, let's list a handful of things, like scoring near post, having four (laughs) on the bench, Sacchini, that (laughs) blonde mustache on that asshole, Uh, not... (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) This transitions perfectly into people getting mad on the internet after anything happens at the match. It's this week in fan outrage. Uh, this is from Matt Oak, a fun follow on Twitter, and he says, still recovering from getting scored on twice by a dude with a dyed blonde mustache. <sighs> Poor Matt. Yeah. Uh, I, that's what I'm saying. How do you get scored on? Okay, first of all, can I tell you something? Yeah. I was very surprised to find out that uh, Shinyashiki is uh, Brazilian. Well, here's the thing that we do as Americans sometimes, Brandon, and I, I don't mean to call you out, but it'll sound that way a little bit. I, yeah. learned, I learned this when I lived in Tucson, and we would eat sushi because that's a safe thing to do. But uh, people leave their countries and go to places other than America. No, I know. <laughs> and so if he is, um, he, uh, if he is uh, his lineage could be from a, a, a country in Southeast Asia or something like that, and they just ended up in Brazil, which is how, which is how... Sumo took hold in Brazil. Thank you. <laughs> Hashtag Kaize. But um, isn't that how jujitsu got big in Brazil too? So yeah, you move it from one country to another, and then we just tend to be like, "Who's this guy? Look at this guy! Look at this fellow with the uh, Asian-sounding name. He must be from Asia instead of Brazil." So, well, yeah. I thought he was drafted out of college, and I thought he was American. So, to be fair, I wasn't assuming he was from Japan. I'm not. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just <laughs> saying that I think as a culture we sometimes make these mistakes, and that I acknowledge that it paints you in a bad light, and I don't mean for that. I'm sorry. Yeah, we have a guy named Sacchini from Argentina. <laughs> Well, we talked about that, right? About how the about the people post World War II that are assholes, like the what are they called, uh, Nazis, uh, went to Argentina. Argentina was real loose about letting the Nazis in, and so that felt very much like a uh, like a Little Mermaid poll. Like, what do they call them? Oh yeah, Nazis. Let me explain something to you about me. I've never seen the Little Mermaid. <laughs> so when there's they- a part where she's trying to identify like things from. 
the land that are not from underwater people. And uh, she says, what do they call them? And then she sings the word fork. And so what I was trying to do was make a reference to Nazis. what do they call them? Nazis. Yeah. Hey, yeah. So that's what you sounded like. You I, sounded like a mermaid discovering Nazis. Let me tell you something about awesome. <laughs> I didn't realize that the mermaids discovered Nazis. It's incredible. <laughs> Let me tell you who was, let me tell you who was not at all offended or really even moved by the casting decision for the live action Little Mermaid. This guy, I, doesn't it does not affect me at all. Uh, all right, more uh, outrage. ML- to be fair, it affects literally nobody except for the person who was cast in. Poor thing, just, just getting beat up about that. Anyway, uh, moving on. Elmo's dad on Instagram says MLS wants to be considered a legit league, which means DP and TAM international signings. Don't pretend like you know what that means, Elmo's dad. Okay, no one understands that. Then you have international breaks, plural, that deplete the very product you're trying to improve. By season ticket prices aren't paying for 20-year-old USL players making their MLS debut to be the first and near only option off the bench. See that comment about only four people that were outfield players coming along for the ride. Uh, but how much money was left on the field this season because of international breaks? Man, I love this outrage, this take on this thing, because it's um it's a totally fair criticism about how uh, a league that Don Garber made some tweet today about how most of the teams are losing money and then is like, well, we're going to have to really fight for these, for the new... What's it called when the players the get CBA. together? Yeah, the CBA. Like yeah. a real kind of like slimy thing to do or whatever. But like here we are, like you're leaving a bunch of money. You're disenfranchising your fans yeah. with your franchises that you own by doing these things where you're forcing Seattle to put out a team of second rate players. There's no other way to say that. No. And so I totally agree with Elmo's dad, except for the part where you claim to know what DP and TAM international signing <laughs> money is. Okay. It's it's great and like I I don't know if if all of our listeners understand this but typically in every other league in the world right now is paused while all of the national teams from across the world during these FIFA windows go and play against each other. So right now the Premier League didn't play games last weekend because all of the best players from all of those teams are off playing for their national teams, which means that all of the best players are gone from the league, which means the soccer is going to be bad. Also, it gives you a chance for the depth on your bench to to be well-rested and be able to step up and play in the upcoming games where your super players could maybe come off the bench because they've just been playing with their international teams. And so if you need them to like shore something up, maybe they can play 30 or 40 minutes from the bench, but they don't have to start because your secondary people have gotten rested and can be fresh to play. So it's... It's, a, it's crazy. MLS is one of the only leagues in the entire world that doesn't take this time off while all of the other teams are playing, like all of the national teams are playing. Now it's MLS tough, is though. one of the only leagues. But it's tough, though, because MLS plays during the summer and you have these month-long tournaments that happen. And what are you going to do? You can't. MLS can't just take five weeks off for Copa. That's just, it's not, there's yeah. no way that that works out where you're trying to keep interest in a league. You can't have a five-week break unless you're most leagues around Christmas. <laughs> I think... I think I would be uh, more. I would be more settled if if I we were losing all of our players to World Cup or Euros or something like that. But instead, uh, we lost Christian and Jordan to go lose three nothing to Mexico in a friendly. One of like three against Mexico they'll play this season because nothing says rivalry like trying to make a bunch of money off of it. Oh, you mean like the Cascadia Cup? <laughs> exactly. How is how is the How's the season so long when you have to play three matches against your rivals in within your region or whatever? 
Like, two would be enough. Here and away would be fine and play the East Coast once. And you still, with the number of teams that they have in this stupid league, you still would end up playing 34 matches a year. It's Or 32 matches a year. It's... And you'd still be able to take those national, those international breaks. Well, it'd be tough. It like ends up being like, yeah. But you, instead of playing like four games during international breaks, maybe you're playing two. So, like at least I'm just trying to like mitigate the amount of times that sure. you're playing without the best players on your team. Okay, my question for you is the way I always wanted it to work is I wanted the international break in November to be the week off before you have MLS Cup. So you get that just like in the NFL, you have the final. Uh, playoff games, you know, the division championships, mm-hmm. and then you have a week off and then the Super Bowl. Well, so, so you know how they've moved up the um, they've moved up MLS Cup this year. Instead of playing right. it in the middle of December, they've moved it up to November. And that's because they would always, that was the only international break every season that they would honor because, you know, you want your two best teams in the league going in to play the, the final uh, to, to have the but best players. But it wasn't players. that. It wasn't that, though. You were not even done with the playoffs. There was just this gap in the middle of the playoffs before. And so, yeah, they're trying to, like, write that. Right? Yeah, I, I think I think that um, by, by moving it up, they're trying to avoid this, like... Because, I mean... Remember, we talked about this last season. By the time that the uh, playoffs, like the the when the Sounders are playing in the playoffs again, we're like, oh yeah, remember how the Sounders are still in a competitive league right now? After like three weeks ago was when they, like we've been basically on a clip, like a three week long cliffhanger, waiting to see who's going to go through to the semifinals. It's crazy. Yeah, so I'm looking at the at least this is just from the prem, but uh, your international breaks. You have one November 16th, so the week after MLS Cup right now, you have an international break and like. Okay, I get that. Like soccer dies out after that, but couldn't that that break? Couldn't the two teams that are going to the finals? Couldn't let's say Seattle's going, um, and they're going to play the Denver Broncos at Mile High Stadium in the MLS Cup final? Okay, that's not a thing. But uh, Jordan Morris could skip that one time of being called up to the U.S. Men's sure. National Team to get ready for that during that international break, and then after all the awesome international soccer happens, right on the tail of that, the following weekend you have MLS Cup. Well, shoot, man. Think about this. Uh, you just reminded me of something. If the Sounders didn't say no to Uruguay, Nico Ladero would have also been one of those guys missing from the roster last weekend. It's so it, crazy. Like, isn't that insane? Like, the, it's funny. That I think it's crazy that the, the, the teams can just say no, but it's hard to do that without pissing the player off. Yeah. Uh, they must have talked to Nico and said, like, hey, we'll give you a bonus or, like, put your kids through college or something <laughs> if you just uh, please don't leave us because if you do, we have literally nobody left. Um, but then it looks like that out on the field. It's like him yeah. carrying the whole way to the team. Anyway, it's uh, it's crazy we, to other oh, people on the internet being like, Ladero sucks. He's the worst ever. He doesn't generate anything. He can't even get a call up to the international team. Slow down, dummy. <laughs> like We've gone over this over and over where he's always top five and all the stats and yes, he can get a call up. They just didn't let him go or they asked him not to go or whatever. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, we got to move on. But it's <laughs> this just, week in fan outrage, us. Yeah, no, man, I'm a big fan and I'm full of rage, outrage yeah. even. So, all right, so we're looking ahead to this weekend, match number thirty of thirty-four. That means five matches total to go. Seattle Sounders FC second place for now on thirteen wins and whatever versus New York Red Bulls from the Eastern Conference on twelve wins. The Eastern Conference. I was looking at the table. Is 
it started out weaker, and suddenly there's a lot more points being scored by those top teams over there. They're looking tougher and tougher as the season goes on. CenturyLink Stadium on the whatever pitch. I don't even know what it's called anymore. If it even the, has the, the Zulily, please log in to continue pitch. <laughs> Kickoff is at 3 p.m. on Sunday. If you have tickets and for some reason they're physical and it says noon or whatever it was, that has been changed to 3 p.m. for flex scheduling to try and accommodate MLS, trying to get more attention on the league. So Sunday... At 3 p.m. instead of noon, which totally screws me for being able to go to the match. Thanks a lot, MLS. Okay, so tell us what to expect here. So basically, New York is uh, in fifth. New York Red Bulls are in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. Um, this they're on a slide though. They've lost three of their last five. Um, their most recent match actually was also against Colorado Rapids, where they also lost two to nothing. So um, it's kind of like being little uh, blood brothers with our buds from the east. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if if the uh, the little blonde man uh, scored both of the goals against them, um, but but New York is not doing too hot right now. The Sounders, me. the Brazilian. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the 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 blonde. Yeah, he no, he didn't have a Brazilian. He was just dyed blonde. <laughs> um, the the Sounders obviously not doing too hot either. Uh, their form hasn't been great. Uh, they are in second place, but only because the two teams below them who are within striking distance, aka within three points of being tied or ahead of them, uh, both have a game in hand. So. Um, the Sounders could be, you know, in second place, but virtually are anywhere between second and fourth right now, or second and fifth. Um, the Sounders all time, not that this matters, they're five, five, and three against the Red Bulls. Um, at home, though, where it, where it means something is the Sounders are four, one, and one against the Red Bulls at home, meaning that they've only lost once, they've drawn once, and then they've won all four other matches. Um, that is. All that to say, Red Bulls literally won the Supporters' Shield last season and set the record at the time for the most points ever scored in a season. So they're a good team. They haven't been as good this year. There's a lot of other competition in the Eastern Conference this year. A lot of those teams got better. Um, Yeah, so what you were saying, yeah, the Eastern Conference is crazy. Teams are taking points off of each other every which way. And the only reason that it's been getting overlooked is because LAFC is on you know, in the Western Conference getting ready to basically mount possibly the best season in MLS history. Isn't it crazy that they've already clinched? Like, they're, they're so far ahead that it's like no one no one can uh, get them out of the playoffs. They could, they could have the, they could lose all five matches leading up to the end and still be fine. That's crazy. Well, it's, it's interesting because um, they haven't looked as good lately. They lost two matches ago and then they drew last, last uh, in their last match. But if you look at the Eastern Conference, even though neither of those teams is anywhere near what LAFC has been able to put up this season, the top two teams in that league and in, in the Eastern Conference have already clinched as well. So New York Red Bulls uh, are coming in hungry because two of the seven spots, huh, LOL, seven spots, <laughs> you can qualify by being the seventh best team in the league. Uh, something that currently LA Galaxy can't do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but New York Red Bulls are, are going to be super hungry to uh, to to win against the Sounders and pick up as many points as they can because they haven't clinched. They're in fifth place. They're only two spots uh, away from the from the red line uh, from going below the playoff line. So every point for them matters, just like for the Sounders, every point matters. Because while they're in second place, it's like not a long way to go before you're down in seventh or even or even eighth place. Three and points, the Sounders are three points not separate. It's uh, from between second and seventh. It's just three points. That's one win or importantly one 
loss against New York Red Bulls and some results from these other teams, and you got some trouble. I don't actually know the full lineups and everything. I didn't look at it, but like you could, there might be the possibility that Seattle is sitting in seventh at the end of Sunday at at five p.m. on Sunday. Well, and and the, the the reason that it's so important, not just that this obviously it's important that the Sounders get as many points as possible because you want them to make the playoffs and to because not it's a game, have to and that's worry how it works. about it. But what's most important, and what and why it matters that the Sounders like are in second place versus uh, even third, or maybe between second and fourth, and not fifth, is because if you're in first or second, you get a first round bye. So second place would be awesome. That's what the Sounders ended up last season in. Um, second place would be great. Third and fourth, you're at least guaranteed a, 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 a playoff game at home. And the Sounders' home home advantage is obviously pretty massive. If you end up between fifth and seventh, and even if you make a run all the way to the MLS Cup, there's no guarantee that CenturyLink Field would see a playoff game if the Sounders end up anywhere between fifth and seventh. So it is important, not just that the Sounders find a way to win and, and stay above the line, it's important that they try to end up anywhere between first and fourth. Not just because it'd be awesome for us to be able to go see a playoff match, but because the Sounders themselves get a lot out of home field advantage and having team other teams, especially in this league, travel way further than you would in any other league to come play you. That it throws you off your groove. It throws you off. so anyway, the Sounders need to need to try to end up anywhere between first and fourth. So picking up points against an Eastern Conference team uh, would is is great. Losing points against an Eastern Conference team isn't as bad as if you were losing points against anybody else, except for in this time where everything is so tight in the conference. You have to get everything that you can. Let me just make a quick correction to what you said there. Second is not a buy anymore because you have six teams playing for the rest of it. So only first place gets a buy. So for sure, LAFC in the Western Conference will have the first week off. Uh, let me do that math real quick. If you added 15 to 46, that's 56, 61. Yeah, so for sure, LAFC have the week off. But still, you want to be playing at home at CenturyLink Field where you have, throughout the history of the Sounders, been dominant to be able to like that's when the seattle crowd will show up the rain will show up not rain fc but the <laughs> actual mother nature rain will pour down and the fans will the go seattle bonkers. storm will show up <laughs> no, no no also also not that <laughs> they'll go from shark to spark the seattle dragons will show up that's the new xfl team i don't know if that joke is gonna work. <laughs> hey i gotta just put this out there real quick i had a chance to run around on CenturyLink field last weekend it was the yeah. crohn's and colitis foundation pacific northwest chapter we're doing a touch of football, a charity that I event that I'm involved in a lot because obviously I want to run around on CenturyLink Field. And the new turf, something we hadn't talked about, you know, that they got it installed during that long away stretch in the summer. The new turf is awesome, man. I could see the football players not liking it because you probably get stuck in it a little bit more, but it was so bouncy and rad. I, I really appreciated it. So uh, maybe that was the thing that helps the Sounders get a little uptick in form or something. I don't know. I'm, it's, a, it's a stretch, but. Um, <laughs> Okay, so three out of five remaining matches are against Western Conference opponents, and they're all above the line. It's going to get so dope here in the next few weeks. Whether it turns out great for us or not, it's going to be exciting, hopefully for good reasons. There's a lot more on the line like you were just discussing there. Only three home matches remaining in the season, two of which are against Western Conference teams. Not this coming weekend. That's against the Eastern, like you mentioned. So here we are, wrapping it up. We're... um. I can't believe we're headed towards the... I'm excited we're headed towards the end of the second season of the Full 90 Extra Time podcast in its new form. You know, we've done more than 50 pods. 
that's nuts. Like I think we're at like sixty something. And, now, and we've seasons. skipped quite a few too. Yeah, you like were out of town for like a year. That's like uh, <laughs> it's crazy. So I, I, we should add that one important thing about uh, this match this weekend that I forgot to mention is that all of those players that we were just talking about being unavailable um, for because they're with their national teams, all of those players should be back. And I haven't been keeping track about whether or not Trinidad and Tobago, if Joven Jones like Toboggan. Uh, broke his leg. <laughs> Damn it. If Jovan Jones like broke his leg and is going to be unavailable for the rest of the season, it's okay. We have like nine left backs. Um, but all of those people coming back healthy, which should mean that the Sounders are able to now they won't get a, a, a big chance to rest uh, after traveling internationally. However, uh, most of them should be able to plug back in and the Sounders should have some availability. Speaking of availability, um, Victor Rodriguez is apparently better uh, and and recovered from his injury and in training in full, so he should be available for New York. But I've heard that one before. Yeah, exactly. That's an old old call there. But so if he could be the hero, who's the villain then for you? <laughs> I would say the, vi- the if if Victor Rodriguez is the hero, the villain would be Victor Rodriguez. <laughs> Fernandez. <It's> the- <laughs> Joao Moutinho. <laughs> I'm not going to win. The, I think um, the Sounders are going to need anybody who's fresh and who's willing to play. Uh, just for reference, like as we as we pod, the U.S. national team is playing, and both Jordan Morris and Christian Roldan are starting. So neither of those guys are going to be fresh. I, so I we, disagree. Christian Roldan's got a motor in him, man. Uh, like our reviewer said, Christian Tiffert is his favorite, but Christian Roldan is actually, I think, going to be such a huge addition. They looked playing Nico Ladero back in that defensive midfield spot in Colorado did not work out. Having a guy, even a worn-down Christian Wildon, is still a better option. Yeah. And and Gustav Svensson will be back and all these. But the reason that I say villain Victor Rodriguez is because if the Sounders uh, need fresh legs and all of these players are coming back from international duty, this is Victor Rodriguez's chance to uh, to 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 plug back in and show and prove to all of these doubting Sounders fans who uh, aren't sure if he's ever going to play again uh, to, to prove that he that he earned a spot on this team and, and that he's still valuable to the team. The reason Victor Rodriguez is the uh, is the villain is because he is his own worst enemy and he has glass bones and he will probably uh, pull something before. My God, they kept showing this commercial that he does where it's like, do I go left or right? Left or right? And I was like... Right? I... Please. derecha. Um, I don't care if you miss. I would like you to play a game. Please, like, can we just like, do I go on the pitch or off the pitch? Like, on on the pitch, doctor, say that, say that. Which hamstring did I pull? Left, right. Now, Left? Brandon, you right. always tell me you're going to be watching on TV, then you end up working. Where are you going to be watching the match? Well, Danny hasn't texted me yet, uh, and so I don't know if I'm working uh, or not. So we'll see you on least, the sideline, dog. At least right now, uh, I'll be well. Yeah, probably looking like I'm pooping my pants on the sideline. I don't know that I'll be able to. Uh, great, I don't know that I'll be able to actually make it because they changed the time on me. So that usually means television for old Gregor. So, all right, time for TLDL. You're careening off a cliff in your semi truck. Too long. Didn't listen. Welcome back to consciousness. Go ahead, TLDL, Brandon. Uh, too long didn't listen colorado the mexico of mls <laughs> is colorado a native american or a spanish word i don't know uh, <laughs> i have no idea too long didn't listen satan got the cancer <laughs> satan has childhood cancer <laughs> well let's take that you jerk uh, eh, too long didn't listen he is brazilian 
but he does not have a Brazilian. We checked. We can we can confirm the research is in. Take a look into your Crystal Pepsi ball. That's the time to look at what your outcome will be for this weekend's match. Sunday, 3 p.m. Century Link Field. Seattle Sounders FC welcome their first ever opponent in MLS soccer history. Now 11 or 10 years later, the New York Red Bulls. A battle to see which team can make it into the playoffs. What do you see happening this weekend, Brandon? I see a resurgent Sounders FC coming back and winning two to nothing with goals from Raul Ruiz Diaz and Christian Roldan. Oh man, Christian Roldan with a goal. That sounds awesome. <sighs> okay. I say, I'm going to say two to one. Is that what you said? I said two, nothing. I'm going to say two to one. Cause that back line has not looked great. <laughs> But Stefan Fry has been all right. But there's. I gonna- wanted to start a drinking game during the Colorado match where you had to drink every time Kim won a ball in the air. Let's TLDL. You would not be very drunk at the end of the game. <laughs> Safe to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Sounders win two one, and there's going to be an own goal by Victor Rodriguez. <laughs> I don't.